Hello and welcome to the Doula UK podcast. My name is Leela Baker and today we're going to be talking about supporting families with postnatal depression. This might be a sensitive subject for people who have been through this or have had friends or family members who have been through a situation like this. So if this is something that's going to be a bit sensitive for you or difficult to listen to, please come back after the next episode. Today with me I have Rosie. Rosie, can you introduce yourself please? Hi, I'm Rosie. I'm the founder of PND and Me, an online uh, maternal mental health peer support network. I'm also a mum of three, including a preteen girl, and I live in Scotland. Lovely. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what postnatal depression is? Yeah, so postnatal depression affects around one in seven new mums, and it's very much... Um, sort of categorized as low mood um sort of lack of interest in kind of things that are going on around you um being sort of angry and resentful sometimes about the situation that you're in some people have issues with bonding with their baby um mm. there can be sort of potential triggers that can cause or you know certainly heighten the experience of postnatal depression such as trouble with breastfeeding or a traumatic birth okay thanks um, and is it the same as the baby blues it's not, no. So the baby blues should uh, come and go within sort of 14 days after you've had the baby. If you've still got sort of symptoms of, you know, feeling low after 14 days after giving birth, then it's really worth speaking to somebody because the baby blues is just the hormonal changes after you've had the baby. Mm-hmm. And that can sort of start around, I, I don't, other people um, have said the same, but I experienced it sort of around day three and four when my milk was really yeah. starting to come in and those hormones were trying to level out. Yeah, so between days three and five is when baby blues can really kind of kick it up a notch. So it's yeah. just really important to look after yourself during those, you know, that first week, especially after you've had your baby. Yeah. Um, and it affects men too as well, doesn't it? It doesn't just affect women. It does, yeah. And a lot of people don't realise that. So it's, I mean, the statistics are it's one in 10 men but obviously the same with postnatal depression it all depends on whether men are actually going to go out and seek help for it because not you know it's not as widely recognized as you know postnatal depression in women because you know people just don't necessarily think that it's that it exists which is a shame because obviously it does and it does affect a lot of men and it can affect you know families and relationships yeah and there's a lot of stigma associated with mental health issues um and so it, I imagine, it, it, especially if, if a man is feeling that's the, the pressure of that stigma, a lot of that might go on undiagnosed or unreported. Yeah, I think it's much, much harder for men in general to speak about their mental health. And especially when you've got a family, you know, there's that extra pressure of, of you know, having to, to be the man one up. the backbone it's of the family. Yeah, man, to, up. Yeah, yeah. man <laughs> up and be the backbone of the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when we talk throughout this, the rest of this episode, we'll be talking about, you know, this doesn't just apply to um doesn't apply to any particular gender of person it's, it's anyone who's experiencing um postnatal depression or depression around the birth of their baby yeah yeah um, i think it's really important to point that out <laughs> yeah can you tell us a bit about your own journey through it yeah so uh i've got yeah three children my youngest is seven um with all three of them i experienced antenatal and postnatal depression 
so you know to, to severity of you know there was it was different with all three of them but specifically um talking about the birth of my first child so i was 19 when i had her as well so i was you know a young mum which added you know extra sort of pressure to it to sort of mm. you know, keep up with not wanting to you know be judged about how i was coping yeah. um and i have a history of you know sort of depression and anxiety anyway but i kind of during that pregnancy really really struggled with it and just but didn't again really know if that was just normal pregnancy ups and downs or if it was you know something more and then uh, when she was born it really kind of came on really quite quickly i think you know, the postnatal depression wise and feeling very resentful and angry and I think that's one thing people don't realize about postnatal depression sometimes it is a complete void of any feeling but sometimes the feelings are really really intense and that's certainly something that I felt with with my daughter and we really struggled with bonding and I had issues with breastfeeding you know I did manage to feed her until she was about six months old but the establishing it side of things we didn't have the right support so you know that mm -hmm. was probably a, quite a big trigger for me yeah yeah so um and, and yeah how how was it how did it manifest um in your life i felt very disconnected i think that's probably a good word to use and i think a lot of people feel the same way as i felt yeah. very disconnected from my baby i was going through emotions with her but emotionally and kind of mentally i just wasn't there it was very much kind of like i was watching myself through one way mirror doing everything that i needed to do for my baby but mentally and emotionally, I just wasn't there. I was just absent and just felt completely lost and, you know, really did feel like I was the only person in the world that had postnatal depression. Mm. Um, so did you, did you reach out? How did, how did it get discovered that this is what you had and how did you get help for it? So kind of thinking about that, I had my six week check with my health visitor where they do that sheet with you about kind of how you're feeling just to try and identify whether or not you're struggling. And I, you know, filled it out and completely lied on it. I didn't tell her mm. how I was feeling. <laughs> this you stranger, know, I, I, you mean? <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, complete stranger. I, I didn't want to tell her how I was feeling. And, and you know, I was already, you know, feeling incredibly low by that point. So it took until my daughter was about nine months old, actually, to go and go and see my GP and get some support for my GP because where I was living at the time was completely uh, remote as well it was, a, it was an island I was living on so I didn't have access to the same sort of support I'd had if I was you know maybe in like central Glasgow Edinburgh you know London those big places yeah were you socially isolated as well with friends and family yeah I mean I had my my partner and my mum but you know given that I lived on an island I was very socially isolated because we lived so far away from anything else and you know the, yeah. the support I had from my health visitor was next to none unfortunately so you know I really was you know as a young mum young first-time mum it was an incredibly difficult and, and lonely journey to be on yeah um, and so you were saying you were, you had already you'd already suffered before you had your baby you suffered through some other um, mental health issues. Um, yeah. Do you think that, um, so when I, when I had my first baby, um, before I got pregnant, I was on Prozac for my, for depression. Um, mm. And so when I, um, and I'm really grateful actually that, that, that that had been recognized beforehand, because it meant that when I got pregnant, they gave me, they assigned me to a specialist mid, midwifery team who were used to people to dealing with people who had mental health issues or depression. Um, and so I got that, that support immediately sort of in advance. 
Um, and I was luckily, luckily I didn't have any um, postnatal depression and haven't had any recurrence of depression since. But because I was being handled so carefully in advance, that could have been very helpful if I had have experienced postnatal depression. Do you think that's something that should be um, implemented more often? Absolutely. I really think that, you know, that, you know, midwives have got, a, you know, a difficult job, you know, they do have to obviously prioritise making, making sure the baby is okay, but there really does need to be um, more awareness there of, of women that have got previous issues, but also the women who don't have any issues, you know, mm -hmm. mental health issues at all, you know, because those can be the ones that end up, you know, really, really struggling the most if their mental health goes downhill, because, you know, as somebody who has experienced depression before, at least I kind of, had a little bit of an insight into how to to cope with it you know whereas mm -hmm. if you have somebody that's pregnant or you know having it has a new baby and their mental health just takes an absolute you know nosedive then they really are going to feel like a fish out of water and, and not know what to do or who to speak to yeah and also if you're not if you're not having a baby before then you might think that the, the feelings are normal and that other people yeah. also feel like that or that it's just that you're failing at being a parent um, oh yeah, and, and yeah. that's what's making you miserable, and it's not yeah. the same, is it? You could be successfully no. parenting while still suffering from postnatal depression. Absolutely, I think that's a really uh, key thing to point out is that you know you can still be a very very brilliant mum and and be struggling with postnatal depression. In fact, people that have gone through it are some of the strongest, most amazing mums I know. So, <laughs> do you think the current screening methods are enough? I think they have uh, a place you know like the sort of um, you know the six week check uh, thing that they do with you but no I don't think there is um, enough going on to identify women certainly in pregnancy anyway that are struggling with their mental health because of the you know the constraints on um, you know an NHS treatment and, and appointments and things and I really think that there needs to be more interaction with mums after they've had the baby because I certainly mm -hmm. felt with my own experiences after I had my second and third baby, my interaction with healthcare professionals after I'd had them was even more limited because it was mm. like, oh, she's had a baby. She knows what she's doing. You know, she, this is her third now. She's an, you know, an old hand at it. And actually that wasn't the case. I still really struggled with it and I still needed yeah. the support. Did you experience postnatal depression after the, the other two babies? I did, unfortunately, which is, you know, not always the case, but I really think, you know, sort of circumstances and where I was, you know, I had I had better care and, you know, in the pregnancy, you know, in the pregnancy and postnatally, it would have been, you know, it quite well, you know, it could have been a different story. It could have been a much easier experience for me had I had the right support in place. Yeah. So what are the, some of the most effective ways, in your opinion, of treating the condition or, or dealing with it or managing it? So I think it's sort of a combination of things. Certainly in my experience, um, medication was a real sort of um, starting point because it helped lift that fog a little bit mm -hmm. for other things mm -hmm. to work. And I think, you know, people can be worried about taking medication, especially if they're breastfeeding. But, you know, thankfully, there are medications you can take that are OK when breastfeeding. Um, but I think it kind of, yeah, it's a combination of things. I think sort of, you know, uh, informal support, like your kind of peer support, and then you've got your, you know, psycho psychological support and, you know, anything that you can get really is, you know, support wise that works for you, you know, wh whatever that means, you know, 
it works as a you know it it needs to be a combination of of things it can't just be a kind of one one thing it's not a one size fits all experience either you know yeah. some things will work for others and some things won't so it's really important to sort of try and figure out what it is that you need and what you might benefit from and and just, and just you know to give it a go really yeah um and what can doulas do or birth workers or you know other support people or even if it's just your friends and family going through something like this um what can we do to help support those families who might be experiencing postnatal depression i think just being aware of the signs and symptoms so you can kind of you know help identify somebody even if they're not necessarily saying you know that they're actually suffering with postnatal depression just sort of be able to be aware that maybe something's not quite right and maybe offer you know i know a lot of people appreciate practical support so it, you know it could be holding the baby while mum goes for a shower or it could be making a meal mm -hmm. or it could be just a phone call you know just to check up on how they're doing because it can be very lonely and I think especially at the moment you know that sort of connection with people is so so important yeah yep sometimes so I, I, I did a postnatal job once and I was hired mainly because the um the mother was lacking sleep um, which is which is you know common for, for a new baby this baby wasn't a newborn anymore though um, and it was yeah. it was clearly affecting her mood um, the first day I arrived not the interview the first day I arrived to work she burst into tears within five minutes of me walking through the door and I don't yeah. think that was necessarily postnatal depression but she was emotionally overloaded and that the lack of sleep was contributing to that situation so sometimes yeah. just you know yeah giving somebody a, a little break can can make a big difference yeah that lack of sleep is such a big one it really does make everything mm. just feel so much harder when you're exhausted because it is exhausting and you know if you add mm -hmm. mental health you know mental health illness or you know mental illness on top of that it just makes it yeah. so much harder it really does feel like you're walking through treacle sometimes yeah um, and some of the things that would be less helpful or unhelpful can you give us any examples uh, of those? Yeah, a lot of people, you know, when they're struggling can, can get really unhelpful comments like, oh, how can, you know, you, you, you wanted this baby and you've got a husband and a, you know, a nice house and a lovely job and all this. And, you know, people know that they've got that and that makes them feel worse because they're not, you know, they feel like they, you know, they, they don't deserve to have all these lovely things and, you know, that they, they didn't ask for this and just, you know, being aware of those sort of things can be, you know, really unhelpful and can make you feel even more guilty than you already do about the fact that you're not enjoying it. And, you know, people going, oh, you've got a lovely little baby and isn't it nice? And you're going, well, yeah, it is. But, you know, I'm still struggling. And, you know, it's just really important that people are aware that things that they can say can be unhelpful. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, is there anything that you could suggest that we do, you know, that it, all the listeners do to help us improve our own knowledge on this topic? It's a really, really important topic. Um, is there anything we can do to get better at knowing what, what it involves? I think just knowing, kind of having a look online and, you know, looking at the NHS website about postnatal depression signs and symptoms is, is useful, but also reading people's experiences of postnatal depression, because it makes it more than just statistics. And, you know, you can really understand what it actually feels like to be in that position. And, you know, there are, you know, useful books and um, websites out there. Maternal Mental Health Alliance have got a really good um, resource of people's experiences. Great, thank you. Um, 
And for anyone listening who might recognize their own situation here, how can we signpost them to reach out for support? I would say the first port of call would be your GP. Um, and I know it's very difficult at the moment because you feel like you don't want to sort of, you know, to, to bother the GPs and health physicists and things like that. But it's really, really important that if, you know, you're struggling with things that you reach out and speak to somebody because, you know, that, that's the first step to getting better is to sort of to reach out and say to somebody, actually, I'm finding this really difficult. And it could, you know, it, if even if it's not a healthcare professional, whether it's a trusted family friend or, you know, your partner, just, just let somebody know that you're finding it difficult because mm-hmm. then at least you've got somebody on the same page as you and they can, you know, help you find other support. Yeah. Um, I, I, because at the moment we are um, all um, practicing social, extreme social distancing. Um, we're in the middle of our COVID-19 outbreak. Um, we're not in the middle, hopefully towards the end, but um, we, my GP, are only offering telephone appointments. Um, and I've had a couple of appointments um, over the last month um, for both me and a, a couple of my children. And actually, with that telephone appointment, I have found that, the, that I find the GP has a little bit more time for me. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I find that they're listening to me more than I feel they do face to face. Um, yeah. I feel like they're being a little bit more sympathetic and, and under- empathetic. Um, and I think sometimes having a telephone conversation, sort of not having someone you see your face might be a an, an, an different way. And some people might find that easier um, to talk to somebody over the phone um, rather than face to face, especially if you're feeling depressed, because sometimes depression can just make it really hard to leave the house. Yeah, I think it's that's a pretty good point, actually. I think sometimes it can be easier just to to because you're not having to then look that person in the eye or just feel really uncomfortable with it. You know, you can just explain how it is you're feeling and you don't you haven't got the anxiety of having to leave the house and sit in the waiting room. And, you know, I, I know that I, I remember feeling like that, feeling really anxious about, you know, that just that whole process of going to the doctors and then waiting mm-hmm. and then going in. So if you've got that phone call, it just sort of takes that that little barrier away and that's all it, that's what it's about is breaking down those barriers and letting mums know that it's okay to reach out and get the help they need yeah okay um thank you very much for speaking to me today you're very welcome it was really nice to speak to you just a quick reminder that if you are a dulu member and you've been affected by this or any other issue and you want to speak to somebody about it a non-judgmental um, listening ear. The Doula Support Network is available to all Doula UK members um, and the telephone numbers are on the website.